Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa. And all I can say right now to start things off is thank God that that game is over. Yeah, I hated that the last like five minutes were uh, actually like 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> I just want to be put out of my misery and never watch The Sens ever again after witnessing that. So. that. That was uh, quite the game. I'm here with my buddy Jordan uh, from my other podcast extra attackers so we will say that if you enjoy us on this show here tonight we also have that some more content that you can check out we're going to have another episode uh, going up tomorrow just kind of talking about various topics around the nhl but right now we're here for the sends and that was uh almost a catastrophe they kind of saved it at the end but i feel like i'm still angry about it i'm still angry about it and i'm i'm about to go off to to be real (laughs) yeah that game was one of the worst games I've ever seen the Sens play. And it was super reminiscent of the 5 nothing loss to Chicago. The only reason it literally wasn't that game is because they made it close at the end. And it is indicative of the problem that the Sens have had for the past six years. Mm-hmm. They cannot defend. They have made strides to outshoot their opponent. They have made strides to be more productive in their own zone. DJ Smith cannot coach defense. He does not know how. I like how can these problems keep happening? It's it's mind boggling. It's mind blowing to me because a couple of games ago I saw a stat and I think I mentioned this on the last show that the Sens are doing really good with shot suppression compared to last year. Um, and this this game and the Detroit game were two more games where we allowed less than twenty five shots or twenty five less than thirty somewhere around that right. Yeah. And we give up ten goals and then an empty net so eleven goals in those two games. So it's even. Even though DJ has got the team playing a style where they're limiting the number of shots, they are not limiting the high danger chances. No, and like I feel it'd be I feel like it's super disingenuous to say that either game is either Corpus Salo or Forsberg's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, like maybe you want each goalie to have one or two of those goals back, but even still, that's like three or four goals each game that are entirely on the defensive structure, entirely on the defenders that are playing, entirely on DJ. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be real. Like, I I know it's only six games into the regular season. It's super easy to overreact. But these are the exact same problems we've been seeing. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like we were used to uh, just giving up 40 shots a game. And now we've got that down. But it seems like the in-zone defense, when we get going on the cycle, it's just trash. Like, I feel like um, we've been pretty good at uh, limiting the rush chances. Uh, But once the other team gets set up in our zone, we're just running around floating around like chickens with their heads cut off and and losing coverage constantly exactly like the only defenseman that succeeds in the defensive zone is sanderson and that's because he has he's he's probably the smartest defenseman i've ever seen that's the only reason he succeeds in the system Mm -hmm. no other defenseman can overcome the deficiencies in the system they run around like chickens with their heads cut off they don't actually mark anyone it's it's insane and I understand that they have such a problem finishing. If they actually converted any of the chances they had in the first period, this game goes entirely differently. Mm-hmm. But, like, come on. Like, it can be a 1-1 game. You cannot finish chances, and it can remain 1-1, 2-1. Just suppress those chances when they happen. Don't let the other team wreck havoc in your zone all the time. Mm-hmm. Like and, The and, thing that bugs yeah. me the most today is three goals were basically the exact same thing of... A guy in the high slot here hold on we have uh obs disconnected so i'm just uh, i think we're back now obs disconnected briefly but i think the stream is back now okay what, cool. I, what i was saying was three goals tonight of a tip-in with just the sabers forward completely unmarked in the high slot three times that that got passed like i don't blame 
a goalie whatsoever for those tippins, right? Like yeah. just just absolutely horrendous defending where it, it, the stats look ugly for Forsberg, but not his fault. No, no, not entirely his fault. And even if you want to take away um, one or two of the goals and say, yeah, Forsberg should have had that, that's still a 3-1 game, mm-hmm. a 3-2 game. You have no excuse for not being ahead after how well you played at the start of the first period. It's the exact same thing against Detroit. Very similar. For how well you played to start the game, you have no excuse not to be leading. Mm-hmm. It, it, like Both ends of the ice aren't working. The, the first line isn't working on 5 yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But, like, the defensive coverage, man, it's brutal. Like, mm-hmm. And I think we, we might as well just, just get into the top line because I think that's been also one of my biggest disappointments in the first six games so far mm-hmm. is that they were absolutely carrying our team. And, you know, in the first three games this season, I was contextualizing it as, oh, they're kind of off, but all the depth is good, right? Right. But now the depth scoring slowing down a little bit in the last two games, other than the last five minutes of this game, and then the top line is just not not carrying the slack at all. Like, throughout this game, it, it felt like until the third period, they weren't really developing anything or generating anything. Yeah, they're non-existent. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, uh, I thought Stutzla was better in this game than he has been the last couple of games. He had the puck on his stick a lot more. He was carrying mm-hmm. it. Uh, but, like, I barely noticed Kachuk or Giroux out there. Like, honestly, Giroux has been invisible. The like, last two games for Giroux have been brutal. They've been brutal. And, like, I'm, I'm concerned. Like, is, mm-hmm. is this age starting to catch up with him? I sure is, hope not, because we don't really have anyone else coming up on right wing. That's true. Like, you have to pray to God that something else works out somewhere else on the team mm-hmm. if you're going to replace that, and that's like a Hail Mary. Yeah, and, like, I guess talking about right wings as well, I haven't been impressed with Batherson at all either. No, he gets an assist tonight, but, like, at the same time, he's had so many chances mm-hmm. in every single game. In these first, I think it's six games now, these first six games, he's had at least five to six, like, ten bell chances that he should bury first time, mm-hmm. and he hasn't scored. Like, he has to convert on those. Yeah, th- this was one of those games where I started off taking notes and then eventually just got so angry when it was, like, 4-1, 5-1 and stopped taking notes, and and then there and then there was so much crap in the third period that it's like how do you even make notes at that point yeah but when i was making notes in the first period i had three chances noticed that batherson should have converted on or at least there was twice at the it was the power play at the end of the first period he he got a chance to shoot in the high slot doesn't pull the trigger at all and then he got that uh, chance going to the backhand right didn't even get a shot on net again it's like we need more from this guy and he had a, a wide open net miss earlier in the period too that's true yeah, no, exactly. It's just not enough from what should be our most uh, potent offensive mm-hmm. players. And, like, Norris has come in, scored three goals in his first three games. Yeah, thank God for that. Thank God. And he's been off a year. Yeah. Like, and how is he one of our most productive forwards mm-hmm. to start the season after all that? Like, it, it's all... Like, yeah, like, you can say, like, at least a little bit of credit to Batherson because he did set up Norris for the goal tonight. But yeah. but overall, throughout the whole 60 minutes, I think Norris had a much better game than Batherson did. I, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. It, like, I, this is mostly a joke, but it's almost like Norris spent enough time out of DJ system to actually remember how to play <laughs> offensive hockey. Oh, my God, and yeah. Came, and, it, like, I, I am usually not a DJ hater. Like, I was super ready to be like, yeah, he has... No offensive weapons. His defense core has never been, like, quality. Mm -hmm. He finally has that, and it's the same problems again and again. Like, my God, like, fix it. 
legitimately like he talked he talked so much in the offseason about how he's gonna ask sean tierney like tell me what i'm bad at oh yeah you're bad at the defensive zone okay you can't coach it sean tierney should have a lot of things that he can let dj know about right after how the last two games have went specifically like holy crap oh i see uh charlie chiming in in the chat as well i feel very bad for you charlie that you had to witness that game in person i I hope at least that you stayed until the end because it seems like not a lot of people did so at least there was that tiny bit of excitement where like i was almost getting my hopes up but at the same time i kind of didn't uh i i'm not cheering against my team but if we did tie it i would have just been like oh they don't deserve this after playing like crap for for 55 minutes Agreed. I feel like it'd been really awkward to come on here and just be like, like, especially if they went into overtime and won the game. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, it'd be good vibes from a great comeback, but it'd be like, how did they get here? We would just be losing our minds, like laughing if they actually tied that game because it would have been completely hilarious, but it would have been really hard to analyze. Exactly. And even then, even then with the failed comeback, we, we just have to like bring it back to the issues that that plagued the team throughout the whole game like even though they made it close it, w- it was a valiant effort especially with uh uh after after tarasenko get sent got sent off they didn't have brady or tarasenko and they still got two more goals which is pretty damn impressive yeah no i think it's super imp- impressive but why was the pressure turned up then why, exactly. why is that when you it, start it shouldn't trying? have come to that is the thing. exactly and i think it's super telling that you have a bunch of chances high danger chances from the Sens that convert, that don't convert, sorry, mm-hmm. and a bunch of uh, Buffalo Sabres chances, every single one of them converted. Yeah. Every single chance Buffalo got, they converted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super telling of the lack of defensive structure, the lack of finishing ability in the offensive zone. Yeah. Like, it was just so frustrating to watch. Speaking of the Sabres converting their chances, while you were saying that, I had to check the high danger stats. And after the second period, the Sabres had six high danger chances and they had five goals. Didn't even know that. So, that. Like, and, and even for the Sens too, like they were leading on the shot clock for most of this game. And even then they, they had six high danger chances after the second period. They doubled it in the third. They got seven, obviously with the, the frenzy comeback attempt, but it, it just wasn't enough in the, in the first two periods. No, no. Just, just, just ugly hockey. Again, you, you score any of those high danger chances in the first period. Game changed. Mm-hmm. Game goes mm-hmm. a completely different way. That's how important it is to start off good. Don't play from behind. Yeah. And yet they do that again. Just this team seems unable to capture momentum and keep momentum too. Like we saw in the Detroit game, the momentum co- completely dissipate once uh, really Greg got that penalty and the Red Wings scored immediately on the power play. Yeah. It was very similar in the second period of this game where we're down 3 nothing and Chikrin gets the goal to finally get us on the board. Uh, but then I'm trying to remember which penalty it was here. Was it, yeah, this Hamannick one yeah. holding against Skinner, which was kind of a soft call. I thought it was because I thought Skinner had Hamannick in a headlock, mm-hmm. so I don't know what he's supposed to do to release the hold. Yeah, but... direct repeat of the scenario last game where we you know that the refs are looking to call one because we have the momentum and we also had the last few power plays, which we squandered. So you know that the next call is going to be against us. And then it was like 10 seconds into the power play. Like, yeah, the penalty time was 16.50 and this goal was 17.08. So 18 seconds is all it took them. Like, we, we already spent the entire last show against Detroit roasting the penalty kill. And then here we are again. It was just uh, just the one power play goal tonight, but one out of two, 50% for the Sabres. Yeah, yeah, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Not good enough. And like five power plays, one goal. With the offensive weapons on this team, with 
what we consider to be two first units. Yeah. Honestly, I think they're almost interchangeable for the talent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like Stuslikachuk, all that, they're going to be the first unit, but they're they're easy to switch. And yeah. one for five, it's been so bad. You lose the special teams battle to Detroit. This one wasn't even a special teams battle, but you had five power plays. Yeah, it wasn't even a special teams battle. It was just the Sens got to play special teams. They got all the power play opportunities mm-hmm. and they squandered it themselves. It wasn't even a battle. Exactly. Except, especially the five on three. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you had to score. The best chance on the five on three was uh, was Brady trying to chip the puck in from behind the net. That was the best chance. The best chance. That's horrendous ridiculous. on a five on three. I know. Like, it, it's just it's just remarkable. I was laughing while you were talking there because I didn't notice that Norris was minus five tonight and Batherson was minus four. God. <laughs> so really? I said that I thought Norris was decent, like other than the goal, but even that's with him being a minus five. So that shows you how low the bar was tonight. It was low. It was low. I would have truly said. Horrendous stuff. Charlie saying uh, back-to-back games with 35 plus shots and not once did I have faith in the offense. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like they have switched. Admittedly, them just tanking shots, them getting twenty and hoping to God they win, but it hasn't resulted in more offense because they can't convert those high danger chances. Like I think some of it is the fact that the players aren't stepping up to actually finish them, but a lot of it too, I think, is they don't have the systems to actually achieve those chances in a super dangerous way that almost mm-hmm. guarantee a goal. I know this is like super reactionary. We are three and three. We're at five hundred in six games. The talent that we've had to play on opposing teams does not warrant this record. That's the thing. You need to take out at least one of Detroit or Buffalo. You were directly competing mm-hmm. with them. Instead of taking any points, you gave four to your division exactly. rivals. That's that's what I wanted to bring up was these were kind of two big tests, really, against the teams that we were all as a fan base claiming that, oh, we're better than them. We're better than Detroit. We're better than Buffalo. We're going to finish ahead of them. Uh, doesn't look like it right now. Obviously, uh, Buffalo's record is... Not great. I think they're three and four now, but they could easily pass us. If we don't turn this shit around, we're going to lose the next three as well. Like, no, exactly. And like, I legitimately think our roster on paper is arguably better than Buffalo, arguably better than Detroit. Mm-hmm. No excuse to be playing like this. No excuse to be falling into old habits like this. Yeah. And, uh, and newbie in the chat saying it's hard to be excited to watch this team after laying such massive eggs into pivotal early year games against divisional rivals. That's exactly it. Great like, point. Yeah. We, we got exactly one week as Sens fans to be happy from puck drop of the home opener Saturday into the next Saturday game against Detroit. Exactly one week of being happy, and then we're just back to shit. Back, back, to, back to being horrified that this is going to be another year of uh, of just floating under under 500 in the first two months. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Surely November did come early this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Huh? It came a week early. I mean, I, I feel like the the main line that everyone brings up is the Sweden trip. Mm-hmm. What the record is at the Sweden trip, that should dictate <laughs> the what line has next. been moved up now. It has. Yeah, it, it, it has. Honestly, I have I have barely any faith in DJ Smith to rectify this. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with what David W was saying in chat where DJ doesn't have enough of a Rick Tocket in him. He's not going to get mad at anyone. Yeah. Like, I've never seen DJ bench a player. He like during, it's rare. It's, it's definitely rare. rare. And like, I understand like during the rebuild, you don't want to do that necessarily because you have a bunch of kids learning. You want to give them more ice time. If you make a mistake, get back out there, fix it, make mm-hmm. it better. But your team is supposed to be good. Send a message if someone isn't playing well. Stop being everyone's friend, right? And mm-hmm. like, we, we haven't seen that. Maybe that comes later in the season. I, I don't know. But I, 
I just like it just feels like he's not handling this at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like like nothing is being done about this. It's just like, okay, we try again next time instead of learning the lessons from the game, right? For sure. I think the closest thing we saw to a benching tonight was uh, Kubalik got moved down to the fourth line, which is a, a whole nother deal of uh, we want to trade this guy to make room for Pinto, and then he's getting chucked to the fourth line. So does it really look like he has much trade value right now? So I, I didn't love to see that either, even though uh, Kubalik is kind of sucking ass. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like at this point, if they waived him, I'd be like... Yeah, I'd be like, fine. Yeah, whatever. Like, and I don't even, I don't, I don't even know if he would get claimed, to be honest. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Like... He, he is the main person to trade right now if you want to get Pinto mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, after watching these two games, get Pinto in. Like, yeah, that can't hurt you. Can Pinto's leverage, it must be going up after the last two games for Scar-rocking. sure. Skyrocking. At, the, at the, the first couple of games, it was definitely down because really Greg was kind of showing that he could fill that role. And mm-hmm. that line, arguably still the best line, they contributed the most in this game on the score sheet. But the entire team as a whole not working right now you need to switch something mm-hmm. even the top line you you need to switch and i agree that's like what charlie is saying it might be reactionary to say hey fire dj right now but this is the exact same thing it's what we've before. seen before exactly, exactly. stop like, it like stop the bleeding exactly right? like honestly if you play if you play and lose the next two games, he has to be fired. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no excuse. Dude, three and five, he's he's out. It'd have to be at that exactly. point. Exactly. And I, I understand. Shabbat has had his troubles so far. Uh, but Sanderson has looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Shikharin, he's about point per game right now. Yeah, he's putting up points. Yeah, he, he's, he's putting up Just points. Teach him how to play defense. A- exactly. Get, get the defense proper. <laughs> like, holy crap. Oh, it's, it's so rough. Like... As we were saying, this is what we've been seeing with DJ Smith. And the thing is, when a coach's system is failing like this, they never change their system entirely. And it's like, okay, scratch that. We're going to do this instead. Coaches always double down on their system, right? And everyone who's watching this crap can see that these guys don't know what they're doing in the defensive zone. And even on offense, a lot of dump and chase tonight that was just turning the puck over constantly. There was, I think, on one of the power plays in the second period, there's about like 30 seconds left on it. We dumped it in. We got it behind the net, passed it back to the point, and then Shabbat dumped it back behind the net, and then we lost it. Why are you dumping and chasing when you already have possession in the offensive zone on the power play? Exactly. What kind of a what kind of a set play is that on 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 offense? That's on the power play. Like that. I don't think Shabbat would just do that. That's got to be like some sort of strategy like oh we're gonna run it behind the net but they just they just throw the puck away yeah yeah no exactly and like i understand if you're a rebuilding team you don't have as much skill you play mm-hmm. a dump and chase type of hockey so yeah. you can forecheck hard like you you try to tire out the opposition that way this is a good team this roster on paper is good play possession hockey exactly why hasn't dj changed that he should and it honestly it's so embarrassing to think about the fact that Anlauer was there watching oh, God. it like yep. seeing that like and just dorian sitting there uncomfortably like Honestly, like, Dorian might just need to fire DJ to save his job, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the last resort. It, I feel like it's coming up if yeah. they keep playing like this. It was a very ominous shot of uh, of Ann Lauer just kind of hovering over Pierre Dorian's shoulders in the... In mm-hmm. the uh, in the the box up there before the comeback started i think it was still 5-1 or 5-2 at that point mm-hmm. we were all cringing and then we just see that it's they they can't be uh they can't be happy right now they got to be asking pierre what are you going to do yeah no exactly and newbie sports you're a beauty i completely forgot about that i was what the yeah. hell 
did they do to Forsberg? I was waiting. Like, I was waiting to get to it. There's so much that we haven't even gotten to. I, I know. That crazy. I, I know. How did they not tell him? Like I, I heard. Like I, was it Lindley's Martian or someone tweeted out that um, uh, DJ talked to Corpusella at the end of the second. Sense prospect. Sense prospect. Sorry. Yeah. Sense prospect. How did that not get relayed? Yeah. In Forsberg before the start of the. Why did Hamannik have to go out and tell him? That's embarrassing. For the fans, embarrassing. The coaches should be embarrassed. They and be. it is embarrassing to the players that Forsberg had to go out there and come back in. Exactly. That you don't even tell him. Did they just not speak to Forsberg at all in the intermission? Like, what, I, I what kind of not. coaching is that? What is that? It's like they didn't want to deal with it. They're like, oh, we don't we don't want to like rain on uh, Forsberg's parade. Like, he's having a tough night. Let's get Hamannick to your coach. Suck it up. Yeah. You're going to have to be mean to your players sometime. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this isn't Hell, even... Dude, they could have even been nice to him. Right, it wasn't even right. really his fault. But it, it was talk it. to him, right? right like, like, go up to him and be like, Forzy, we know this isn't like entirely your fault, but we need to switch it up. We need to do something to spark the team, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm sure he would totally understand. Yeah. I'm sure he'd want one or two of those goals back. But the fact that they handled it like that... Like, Horrendous. That's, that's fireable by itself. Yeah, like... <laughs> as soon as uh, we went into uh, the start of the third period, Jordan was looking on his phone and seeing the, the clip of, of Forsberg having to leave. I And he, he told me, and I was like, fire him. Fire the coach. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's Fuck how I'm reacting. Get, get him out of here. Horrible. And I guess the other major thing I want to bring up still is we haven't even gotten to the whole uh, Kachuk injury scare. Oh, yeah. Well, that was that, that was happened. Something. That was bizarre because it looked to me like his season was about to be done right there. Just as, do, you, do you remember when Norris injured his shoulder, I think, the second time on the faceoff? Or maybe it was the first time on the faceoff? I think it was the first. But you remember how he reacted, right? It was the exact same. Eerily similar. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that Kachuk came back in this game is crazy. And I mean, he looked fine and he thought he kicked tuck's ass somehow like somehow just laid an absolute beat down despite having a, an injured shoulder i think i i made a joke when uh it was the intermission i was like oh i guess brady just hit his funny bone and I, it was like maybe he'll be back maybe that's what happened i don't know maybe like, like honestly he was taking checks he was giving checks he got on the fight like you said like he looked fine mm -hmm. I, like honestly getting out of that game without a major kachuk injury the best possible yeah, thing that's honestly. the positive for tonight yeah pretty that, much that's what i'm taking from it and i feel bad honestly i feel bad for kachuk and mm -hmm. he he puts his heart out there every game yeah and a lot of the players they're trying it just doesn't seem like they're put in the best position to succeed by their coaches and i think so yeah i, I mean i i don't expect dj to get fired mm -hmm. uh, right now i think it has to get worse but I mean, we're we're like the fact that we're already talking about it is the problem. It, it is the problem. It sh shouldn't have happened this quick. Like Charlie said, it's not even November. Mm -hmm. Like exactly. Like it once. <laughs> we should be expecting this in November. And if this happened in November, can him? He's mm -hmm. gone. You can't have this again. I I wanted to bring up these stats. Uh, I had a tweet bookmarked from Pesky Sickos on on Twitter that in terms of team stats, this is eerily similar to last season through five games played. Uh, it was six points in the standings. It was twenty one goals for as a team. It was uh, sixteen goals against last season and one less this season. Power play very close. Penalty kill very close. As in, it was bad both times. Mm -hmm. Shots very close the only thing that was like noticeably different was the shots allowed is way better um and i just think it's really funny that we're just having groundhog day and we our, our stats through the first five games were eerily similar and then uh this is the point where it falls off apparently apparently and like i understand that usually uh our team does better later in the season that seems to be uh the trademark yeah. from dj smith 
But guess what? Most teams by American Thanksgiving, you know if you're in the playoffs or not. Or not. There, there's like two spots, two or three spots yeah. on the wild card that switch at That's American thing. Thanksgiving. After that, it's super projectable. Mm-hmm. You can't keep having bad starts. You can't keep making up the games later. Start off well, and if you fall, if you d- do poorly later in the season, at least you have that backup. Exactly. You could say, hey, we started the, like, the beginning of the season, we went 10-5 and five, or something like that. Mm-hmm. We can lose one or two. It's it, not going to matter yep. as much. Yep. Instead of us having nail biters in the last like three games of the season, right? Like It's it's crazy. Exactly. Like We, we expected this team to be kind of almost in the playoffs or almost out, but at the at this point in the season to already feel like we need to be scoreboard watching and not have any sort of cushion in the standings is just sad. Like we talked a little bit about this on on our podcast that we recorded earlier today, but the Bruins with their easy ass schedule have a five and oh start, easy cushion for the rest of the season already. And yeah. they're they're playing right now against uh, Chicago, so that's probably another win. Um, and, and then uh, Detroit has basically taken our spot with a 5-1 and one start. They're playing again tonight. Everyone's playing. So more time for the Atlantic Division uh, teams to just pull ahead of us. Toronto won as well. Um, yep. Montreal beat Buffalo last night. That, that, that's We haven't even mentioned that Buffalo was on the second half of a back-to-back and, <laughs> and only scored one goal against the Habs last night. And you said, you said, and it was a perfect point, the Sens look like they're the team on the back Exactly. Of the back. That's what they look like. It, it's crazy. You how, need to take advantage of how that. How does that happen? And against a team, like maybe as well, we had the rush of goals in the last five minutes. Maybe the only reason we got that is because Buffalo was on their back-to-back and they're at the end of the second game, so now they're tired. Right. But, but throughout the whole rest of the game, apparently we didn't have enough energy to uh, to be better than them. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable that, that absolutely you shocking. do that. Yeah. On home ice on home as ice well. Too. I feel so bad for the fans. At least no. at least for anyone who didn't leave early, they got to see a few goals. Yeah. But, but other than that, like probably 80% of people probably did leave early. I wouldn't blame them. Like you mm-hmm. honestly, like uh it looks better on the score sheet that made it close. Like I, I was like of the mindset if they tie this and win, like still. I'm going to yeah. yell at this team. Exactly. Like, they didn't deserve that. It, it would be more, a little bit more manic yelling in the sense of like, we're happy because we won, but also what the hell did we just watch? Right, right. Like, but, so, but of course we didn't even get to complete the comeback, so we don't even have that. Nope. Nope. And when you think about it, like, what teams did we beat? We beat Florida to start this or season. Or Philly. Sorry, Philly to start this season. Mm-hmm. And then the next game after that, I'm just trying to remember. So Philly and yeah. then Tampa with no Vasilevsky and no Stamkos. Right, right. And then Washington. And Washington just sucks ass. Washington is cooked. Yeah. Tampa is cooked. Philly's supposed to be bad. Mm-hmm. They're rebuilding. We've only lost games against teams that are on our level. And that can't happen. That's the problem as well. And then the next two games are the Islanders and Pittsburgh, which are two more teams. It's not as bad because they're not in your division, but two more teams that should be right there with you in the wildcard race. And I'm very scared that we're just going to fall behind. Yeah, like you... You have to win both of those games now. Mm-hmm. You you have to, and like I don't expect that. Like watching how they're playing, especially away where they're traditionally worse. Yeah, like it's hard to expect them to do much better. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly search up Kachuk on Twitter because I want to know if he spoke on his injury yet. That's a good question. We're getting the uh, we're getting the the highlights of the fight, of course. Um, and then people people bantering. I guess uh, doesn't seem like there's an update yet. I'm I'm really curious uh, to. Usually I don't listen to um, interviews after games, but tonight might be some interesting ones. Yeah, I think I might clue into them after and like 
I mean, a good point is again by Nubi. Um, like this window has a timeline. Yeah. Giroud is older. Once he starts to slow down, um, you have to replace him. Mm-hmm. And he was a point per game player last year. Yep. Basically, that's going to be hard to replace. It's the thing we we need that from him again this year. But you shouldn't have to rely that much on your oldest player. Exactly. Exactly. And like, there's there's great young players on this team. Ridley Gregg has done. Pretty like honestly, really good. Better than I thought he would so far. I agree. Hey, I thought he's been better than I better than that. He has a good uh, point scoring record so far this season. Mm-hmm. Joseph has come out of nowhere and become a productive player. Tarasenko, that entire line has been great so far. That's been the one bright spot. Um, but you can't keep trying with this formula that's not working mm-hmm. and just hoping that like okay one day it'll click maybe there won't be enough players to help when that clicks exactly right? because like, our our prospect pool is thin so yeah uh, hopefully we don't have to move one of those first round picks to uh to clear cap space um but yeah uh pierre gotta hurry up and, and get pinto in here so that there's no more excuses in terms of the roster too like yeah uh, that's but that's the tough part as well is like you can point to that as an excuse but like you just said ridley greg has been a great fill-in and and, uh, and we and we've had Rourke Charche on the roster even even after Norris coming back Charche has stayed in and I think he's been better than uh, better than Kasperlik but he was better than McEwen McEwen got sent down so yeah. like yeah. there's not that many excuses left just down to execution and performance and coaching at this point yeah those are those are the things and like I don't care if later in the season we go up and start playing well and start adhering to our system every single DJ system bad start mm-hmm. every single every one. time every time. You can't keep having that. It shows a lack of adaptation to what other teams are doing coaching-wise, to what his team is doing coaching-wise, and just, like, general problem-solving. Like, how, when you've had this many chances, haven't you engineered one good start? Exactly. Like, even when the team was bad, how did we not at least have two or three weeks where we were, like, 500 (laughs) <laughs> at yep. first like like uh, when we were bad obviously last year we were at least four and two before it went off the rails uh this year only three and two before it went off the rails because i have a feeling that uh the road games aren't going to go much better no no and like i said before if you lose both of them you have to fire dj mm-hmm. that, but you can't you can't those yep. are both games uh, with conference opponents exactly and you're fighting with wild card with them you you can't you can't give up those points you've already given up four to divisional rivals you can't give up those other four points. That's the thing about this uh, schedule to start the season is other than the semi-easy teams that we beat already, we're playing a lot of teams that we should be pretty even with. And the first two tests in that in Detroit and Buffalo, we got totally smoked. So smoked. So we're. it seems that we're not even with them in terms of like a strategies perspective from the coaching. They Those teams, Detroit and Buffalo, seem to both play better hockey than we can apparently. Yeah. Despite our talent. And I, I stand firm. I think on paper, we have better talent than both of those teams overall. Mm-hmm. Like, Buffalo still has the goaltending questions. Detroit does not have a great defensive core. Expose that. Use yeah. that to your advantage. And we haven't been able to do that. We've been we've been wiped off the face of the planet in both of these games. Exactly. Like, they made it close at the end of this. They didn't deserve it. They, they didn't not deserve it. If they had come back and win it, they wouldn't have deserved it. Exactly. It's, it's crazy that I'm talking about this. This like again like after this happened last year the season before like 
tired of it, right? Yeah. If we had tied it, um, there was a game last year that I did uh, against Calgary where we were down 3-1 into the last two minutes and we tied it and ended up winning in overtime off a, off a Stutzler goal. Right. If you remember that. That was one where I just kind of came on here laughing and I was like, what the hell just happened? Because I was ready to roast the team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for how they had performed for... 58 minutes of that game and then this was eerily similar where we just didn't tie it this time yeah where most of the game was just utter dog crap and then uh a little bit of excitement at the end but it didn't they didn't pull through exactly and yeah so we've seen this script before we've seen basically it before. they just in the early season for whatever reason they get out coached and mm-hmm. dj has not been able to fix it um because of being out like due to the fact that dj has been out coached routinely in the start of the season the defensive uh system structure not there offensive structure they can't finish yeah. at this point i refuse to believe it's just the players when it's two <laughs> seasons in a row it's got to be something yeah. to do with the system as well and what the hell did you do to porzi as well at this horrible like, horrible you, player management i like dorian must be fuming like yeah. you, you like on, like if i would say i'd call dj up right now and be like what the hell was that mm-hmm. especially with Anlauer there like we talked about before, yeah like and on a night where we're honoring uh, the greatest goalie in franchise history, you disrespect the current goalie like that? Right? Disgusting. Like, I'm, sure, I'm sure Craig Anderson saw that and was like, what the fuck is that? Right? In a, in a different time, that that's Patrick Roy's trigger. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the ask for trade moment, right? Yeah, like, th- there's a different timeline where that happens to Patrick Roy, and that's the moment that he leaves the Canadians. Exactly. Yeah. Like, God, man. Like, how do you forget that? How do you not adapt to anything? Inexcusable. Like, it's a small thing, but it's something outside of the coaching, like, strategies and systems where it's just on a personal level, on a human level, to to mistreat a guy like that, even if it's just an accident. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I'm interested to to see DJ's uh, presser. I really hope someone asks him about it. Like, Mm -hmm. what the hell happened? Yeah, we're going to need to see his answer to that for sure. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, poor poor Forsberg tonight. I I definitely jinxed him by picking him him up in fantasy. Yes. (laughs) Guys, remember, this was all mods' fault. Um, (laughs) You know, Forsberg had had, uh, his first two games were great. And uh, he was sitting in the free agent pool in our league. So I'm like, you know what? I, I have I have Stuart Skinner. That was a horrible idea already. So let's get Forsberg in there. Nope, that was an even worse idea. Apparently, yeah. I mean, at least uh, at least we padded Corpusalo's stats. Yeah, um, he he got to raise his save percentage a little bit tonight. Yeah, yeah. I I know uh, I know Charlie will be hurting too because in our other league he had Forsberg, oh, so no. he had him in tonight as well. I think so. Rough stuff. The the sends the sends have not been great for uh, fantasy hockey players so far. Or in real life either just just not good for the not having fun we are not it's it's fun doing this show and getting to talk about the sense but it is not fun having to rant being forced to just only be like angry on here yeah yeah and i i admit like this is like sort of self-indulgent in the way that it's nice to actually blow off steam in this through this medium Mm -hmm. but it's i'm I'm tired of doing it yeah And, and like um i i think like one thing that's important to remember is that really great coaches around the NHL, they get the best out of their worst players. Mm-hmm. They get the absolute best play out of those players. If DJ Smith was someone who I believed was a good coach, I think the first line would be doing better. I think when you called up players like JBD um, or when you moved Hamannick up, into the top four mm-hmm. you would adjust your systems you would account for that and the player wouldn't look as bad as they do yeah i think he routinely gets exposed whenever he has injuries and doesn't have the perfect lineup and 
a, a good coach can overcome that. A good coach mm -hmm. can work around that. That is why we were all horrified uh, about the potential Kachuk injury, is not just because he's our best player, but because this team folds as soon as they get any major players injured. So yeah, if, if it, I can't imagine this team without Kachuk, like he hasn't had any more than just mild injuries in the last five years, pretty much, or like pretty much his whole career, he's pretty consistent of playing yeah. playing most of the games. So if we had to watch the current iteration of this team with how things are going so far without Brady Kachuk, uh, not only on the ice but with his leadership, holy crap, that would have been bad. So I hope that uh, he didn't re-aggravate anything in the third period at all. I hope not. I mean, he played the entire thing and had the fight, and that's when he left. So mm -hmm. that's that's a positive sign. But you're right, like. Uh, he usually doesn't get injured that much. And if he actually did, can you imagine trying to replace him? Yeah. It's impossible. Um, and, I mean, like, I I'm thinking even back to preseason, there's so many whack-ass decisions that DJ makes. Mm -hmm. Like, why did he try Tarasenko on the left wing for so long and then realize it just yep. wasn't going to work? And, and he then Tarasenko goes back to the right wing and is very good right away. Very good. Also, why did you start the season with Shabbat on the right side? Mm -hmm. Like, he was the one of the only defensemen that hadn't actually tried it. At least Chikorin had yeah. played the right side exactly. before. And now we're flip-flopping between them. Ch yeah. Chikorin yeah. played some games on the right side, and now it was Shabbat tonight. Exactly. And, I mean, I think the idea of having a Shabbat-Sanderson pairing is interesting. Mm -hmm. But, like, how do you not get these decisions right the first time when they are so obvious? Like, the amount of fans that call out DJ's bad decisions before they actually happen and before they're proven to yeah. be bad. And then we see how it plays out, and we're all proven right, usually. Exactly. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, do you think you would keep the Shabbat and Sanderson pairing together for one more game? I think I would try it. Yeah. I think... Uh, I feel like it had good moments, and it wasn't the worst pairing. Like, I was I was trying to look at the plus-minus to just to remind me of who was on for the most goals against, <laughs> but I think it's a little bit skewed from uh, the late goals in the game. Right. I would have liked to... I should have checked what the plus-minus was when the score was still 5-1, uh, because cause I, feel like, I feel like every pairing got scored on, but I felt like... Other than Shabbat not uh, tying up, I think it was Tage Thompson on the deflection. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was the Tuck one. I can, like, I said earlier, one. like I said earlier, there was three deflection goals where the guy was wide open to tip it in the high slot. Other than Shabbat not tying up his guy on one of those goals, like I thought Shabbat and Sanderson were pretty good. Uh, and then it was mostly the other pairings that were worse. So I, I feel like they should give it another try but but i don't i don't have any confidence at this point so yeah i don't i don't have much confidence either but i i agree with you i think they should give it another chance i think they complement each other well mm -hmm. i think sanderson is the perfect player to try to help out shabbat since he has a lot of defensive gaps yeah uh, i feel like when he has that sort of brain part chicken is the, or sorry uh, sanderson is the player that you want right there i will say though um, Chikorin is definitely more offensively minded defenseman, mm -hmm. and he can still defend i like his gap control i like his stick work um travis hamannick he he can't do it he can't be uh, the defensive pivot on that pairing no like it just doesn't work and like when zub comes back and then hopefully you can throw out zub and sanderson against like the top pairings again like mm -hmm. that'll stifle some offense but still like you lose one player one top four defenseman and it all goes to crap like that's, that's what i was gonna say is zub gets injured and then we allow 11 goals in two games it shouldn't it shouldn't be all up to zub to uh to keep the defensive uh, play actually together, you know? I agree. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. It's not just on one player. It's a whole systems uh, issue. And, like, 
I understand, again, it's super reactionary. The Sens could win their next four games, and I'm sing singing a completely different tune, but you have to call it these issues when you see them. Exactly. These are the things that we need to see improve if uh, if the Sens are going to actually manage to turn it around here. Yeah, and like if this was the first time we'd seen these issues, it'd be completely different, but it's not. Mm -hmm. so. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, that's probably where, where we'll leave it, eh? I feel like I, feel like I have uh, used up all of my ranting energy at this point. Honestly, I feel kind of tired. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, just like endless expelling of emotion just because i was god it's so awful yeah with i on one hand like at least it wasn't like a one nothing loss with nothing to talk about but but also i had at least a couple things in mind of like oh if it's a boring game we can talk about these things instead uh and then the game was horrible and then popped off at the end so lots to talk about that was a, a crazy episode yeah, yeah. I honestly, I hope that's the craziest episode we ever do together. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. We were uh, we were debating uh, when it was five one. I, I asked Jordan, "What's worse, this game or the five nothing loss to Chicago that we covered last season?" Uh, and I guess the comeback attempt at least made it so that this one was better. I guess like it was still just as painful of a game to sit through, but at least we scored when it was five one. You know, instead of five nothing in the other game, uh, and then we got. A few goals at the end of the game but that was still pretty trash it was it's weird it's weird because i agree with you but i feel more angry about this You're game. yeah i'm more angry about this one like i don't necessarily think it was worse but i definitely feel more angry probably because of expectations because when yeah. we did that chicago game last year it was kind of like the nail in the coffin for like okay this team's not gonna make the playoffs it was just disappointing yeah uh but this is worse than disappointing this is disappointing and making us angry exactly mm -hmm. exactly and like after a summer of hype it's really hard when you exactly. start off your season like this yeah and we've been waiting to have a good team for six years mm -hmm. it it shouldn't have taken this long yeah we shouldn't be falling behind uh all the teams that were competing within the, the division this quickly yeah yeah no i i agree god mm -hmm. i feel like i could go on for like another hour yeah, almost but yeah i would like, just go in circles like this, that's the thing the truth like and we didn't even talk about anderson with the the, oh, that's the true. Nice, the nice ceremony, and I, I was gonna like potentially be like, oh, what, what are the best Anderson moments? Let's go through them. But like, I have no energy for that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. congrats, Anderson. We yeah. love you. Best, uh, best goaltender in sense history. Mm -hmm. You didn't deserve that performance. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Craig Anderson can make his way back into the sense organization sometime in the future. Hopefully, uh, like, hopefully the job in Buffalo goes well. But also, hopefully, we can poach him back yeah. and bring him back over yeah. here. I'm, I'm selfish. I hope we could do that too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, that's probably where we should leave it. Uh, yeah. My energy is uh, all used up at this point. So uh, yeah, thank you everyone for watching or listening. Uh, subscribe to SDPN if you haven't already. Leave a like on the video if you enjoyed. And have a good night. Yeah, take care, everyone. Have a good night. Yeah!